0: Can I sleep in your brain tonight, stranger? A Sandman Potfic Written by acus 8 And read by Literarian <music> Chapter 16 Merely Intertwined Summary Reim is a bit vulnerable. Hob doubles down on his feelings. Hop wakes, blinking away sand and stretching out his limbs under the covers. God, he hasn't slept that well in years. There are birds chirping through the window and the sun is shining gaily through, sending beams of light across his bed. Hop sighs out, perfectly content with the morning. And then he remembers who put him to bed. And then he remembers the prior evening. Shit, Hop mumbles to the ceiling. In spite of the perfect morning, which now feels like it is mocking him, Hop finally gets up and does all the things he has been putting off. Mainly showering and dressing and eating breakfast like a normal human person. There's several missed calls on his phone from Theo. Hob deletes them from the call history. He's been deleting them all week. He doesn't open the texts. Hob eyes the pile of dishes in the sink and the overflowing dishwasher and cleans up his mess. Enough of this. Hobbs spent enough time moping. There's two things Hobb now knows. Dream, dream of the endless, is not merely immortal. What he is, and indeed it must be a what, is above Hobb's sphere of knowledge. How often Hob had thought of Dream as otherworldly. A fairy, a demon, some high being, sure, but not a power. And Dream had said, before Hob laid down to rest, that he would answer Hob's questions. Knowing Dream, that likely meant Hob would ask things and get very roundabout answers but it was better than nothing. The permission meant that Dream was comfortable with Hobbs asking, and that was the important bit. When Hob ties his shoelaces and gets in the car to drive to work, because he has to and he doesn't know how, but he only asked for a week off regardless, only then does he think about his own confession. And there lies the fear. That Dream will, as he so callously had done before, completely reject him for it. Hop can't dwell on that. He had Dream's word that he would see him next week. And next week, Hop will ask him questions about his person, and Hop will not mention what he said in the heat of his passion, and it will continue. You appear much better, are the first words out of Dream's mouth when Hob opens his door to him on Tuesday. I'm feeling much better, Hob replies, not thinking about how he had to block Theo's number by the middle of the last week. At least the man hadn't come to Hob's house. Dream appraises him with all the stark vastness of his ice chip eyes, before stepping primly into the house. And you? Hob asks, because he must. Dream blinks, as if he is still surprised Hob is asking after him, even after all this time. Hob can see how Dream's throat bobs when he swallows, a strangely human gesture, before responding. I am full of thoughts, and none of them are wonderfully pleasant, Dream admits. Well, Hob says, leading him back into the living room. Care to share any? Dream sighs, and it is a bare, violent thing in the quiet of Hob's house. I am thinking about our association. And that's not wonderfully pleasant, <gasps> Hop gasps, even as his heart sinks in his chest. No, Dream says, and he perches on the edge of the couch, in the exact same place he had sat three weeks ago and picked apart a bowl of minestrona. His hand is in the same position on his thigh, and Hop burns to touch him on the shoulder again. It is pleasant to me. I become concerned about the twisting of my own thoughts. Do not mind me. Dream's lips twist up in a kind of deprecating smile and immediately Hop knows that Dream does not want to be pushed on this. But he should. When your brain spins over the same thoughts, it's best to talk about them, Hob says, kindly. What a hypocrite he is! Dream is silent in response, folding his pale and thin hands over one bony knee. Then... Last week, you had said I was the only person you could talk to about your relationship to me, because of the nature of our association. And now I find myself in the same position. Oh. Oh, maybe Hop should not have pressed. Dream is staring out into the middle distance, not meeting Hobb's gaze. Then speak, Hobb says, even though now he can feel his heart beating a staccato in his chest. Dream will reject him. This will be the measure of it. That Hop wanted too much, even as he offered his friendship, he wanted reciprocal love in return, however he could get it. When I was in the glass, I was alone with my thoughts in a way I have never been. Always I am listening to the dreams of others and the citizens of my realm. They pull at me lightly, always. But the binding circle sealed their voices away from me and left me only with the voices of my captors and their guards, and then, finally, no one. Dream's voice is carefully moderated when he continues. My thoughts are my own but only then were they the only thoughts in my mind. I have seen much in my existence. I have no shortage of memories. They sustained me for a long time, but my relationships are far fewer, and perhaps those which are good are even less. I can... Dream holds up one hand and his head turns to finally fix his gaze on Hob. Count on one hand those who are good to me. Dream's admission runs down Hob's spine and brings with it a chill frost. Dream does not hold up how many fingers. Five persons or less for someone with a very long lifespan. Hop holds his breath, waiting for Dream to continue. What does it mean that you love me? Dream asks, and the weight of his gaze nearly makes Hop buckle at the knees. Hop leans a shoulder against the wall separating the kitchen from the living room and looks back at the being on the couch, asking about love. What are you asking? Hop says. How do you love me? Dream clarifies. His hand has retreated to join its fellow on Dream's lap. Hop blinks. Um, Hop stools for time as his brain tries to pass through what Dream is not asking. Dream wants to know if Hop's love will jeopardize their relationship. If Hop has only done this, cared for Dream because Hop wants something. Hob realises, with all the abrupt force of a blunt trauma, that Dream is, maybe, perhaps, scared that this will change things between them. Hob approaches the couch and kneels down next to it. Dream stares down at him, a curated blankness across his features. Dream... Do you think I do this because I want something from you? Hob asks. I do not know the minds of men, only their dreams, Dream says, and Hob realises in that moment, then, that Dream must know how far Hob's love extends. I wouldn't... Hob says, shaking his head slightly. I care about you. You are my oldest and dearest friend and the only person who has seen every iteration of me. You've been there. I said I love you, and how would you have me bound that in words? You inspired Shakespeare, I know you did, so you know the inadequacy of them. I would try for you... But the simple truth is, I don't know why I love you, only that I do, and have done so for a very long time, Hobb says. He hopes it is enough. Dream stares at him, and when he blinks and reopens his eyes, they are solid black, the cosmos shining through. Oh, smite me, Hob thinks. Then, miraculously, the corners of those unfathomable eyes crinkle and Dream is grinning, showing full teeth and all, and a sound comes out of him like a braying donkey and it takes Hob a second to realize Dream is truly laughing. What? What's so funny? Hob exclaims, smiling like an idiot. That you do not know, Dream says, and brings himself back to Earth, but still the stars at the centre of his eyes are literally twinkling. Oi, Hob says, not truly affronted. No, it was rude of me. Of course, my mind is not as it was. Forgive me. Dream cradles his hand under Hop's chin, angling him up closer so they are almost nose to nose. Do not be concerned that your love would drive me away. It will not. Dream releases him then, and Hop scoots away to stand on wobbly legs, a newborn thing released from the womb. Dream stands as well. I told you I would explain myself last week, Dream says, and Hop knows that that portion of the conversation is over. Yes, Hop agrees, still reeling from Dream's acceptance. Well, it was not a rejection of Hop's feelings. I will answer your questions, Dream says, and pads over to sit in his chair. Funny that Hob thinks of it now as Dream's chair. Well, Hob says, now that he actually can ask, all the questions he has turned over for centuries are escaping him. What happens to the food I give you? Dream stares at him, like he also did not expect that question. I don't really know, Dream admits. This body does something with it, and then it is gone. You've said that a lot, too, Hob points out. He gets out the sausage from the refrigerator and sets about unwrapping it. There's already rice on the stove and a vegetable bake in the oven. You say this body instead of my. Well, this form is the one I have chosen when I come into the waking, Dream says. The waking? You visit my realm, the dreaming, every night. Here, this is the waking, Dream explains. Hop nods in understanding. But the body is not really there? It is here. It is part of me. But I am also my realm, and I am also dream. Dream says, and Hop gets the sense that the metaphysics of this conversation do not lend themselves nicely to what Dream is trying to convey. You separate yourself from it, Hop says, finally undoing the wrapping and chucking it in the bin. I do not prefer to think overlong about the physical nature of my waking flesh. Is dreams' response. Hob thinks about the bleeding cuts and the body which was forced to be in one place for a very long time. Of course. So then, tell me about your realm. So as Hob putters about the kitchen and pulls out half a cabinet to pull out the tiny indoor grill, Dream tells him about his realm. Mostly, Dream tells him about Lucienne, who stayed. There is an attendant named Matthew and dreams and nightmares of various personalities. Dream tells him what he went through retrieving his tools. Hop is trying not to feel like the world is falling apart when Dream tells him he went to literal, actual hell and retrieved his helmet. Hop closes the lid of the grill and checks on the oven, and only then does he ask the question that had risen from the pits of his mind. What were you doing when you came to Theo's house? You made it sound like we had a much deeper connection. And don't we? Rame asks. His head has lolled back in the chair to watch Hop as he mothers over the grill. We do, but I would have sworn you were having fun, Hop says. He remembers how easily the misdirections had rolled off of Dream's tongue. I was. The admission is stark. You single-handedly kick-started my breakup with him, Hob says, but he doesn't mean it in a bad way. I am sorry, Dream says, sounding unsure. Don't be, it woke me up, Hob says, judging the sausage to be grilled enough for his tastes. You were very unwell last week. Well, that's a thing that happens, but look, he'll move on, Hop says, and internally winces, thinking about all the missed calls. And I've already got loads of people who love me and a good life, and his life is short. I shouldn't have thought to steal that away from him, especially since he wanted to marry me. Hob slices up the sausage and considers Theo's next proposal as he drops them into the pot with the seasoned rice. It would have broken him if he caught me unawares and I had to say no, Hob says. Yes, Dream agrees. He dreams of marriage. Hob thinks about that statement. His heart sighs with the weight of a dull ache, a sort of heavy feeling, not that he knows what Theo had wanted. Hob had wasted his time, what little he had of it. Here, Hob says, serving up plates for them and placing one in front of Dream. Dream inspects the slices of sausage with something like disgust before violently spearing one with his fork and setting it on his tongue. Hob watches him avidly as Dream chews. His face is again neutral even as he swallows. Not a fan? Hob asks casually. Dream opens his mouth and then closes it. I won't be offended if you don't like it, Hob says. Privately, he thinks that Dream of the Endless having likes and dislikes is amusing. It is greasy, Dream says, as soon as he's given permission. Hob laughs outright. <laughs> I'll eat yours if you don't want them. He slides his plate across the table, and Dream picks out the slices and carefully drops them onto it. You had said, Dream begins, when Hop retracts his plate, that I set into motion your separation. Mm, He accused me of loving you, Hob admits. Dream is in the middle of a fork full of rice. He chews, and when he swallows, he sets down the fork as well. Is it that obvious? Dream wonders aloud. He was there when I broke you free, Hob says. I think that was the start of it. Dream clenches the lip of the table. Hop wonders if one day there's going to be indentations in the wood in the memory of Dream's fingers for how often they rest there. You had no hesitations, Dream says after a moment. The thick aftertaste of kielbasa lies heavy in Hop's mouth. How could I, after what what they had done? Hob is careful. He has yet to take down the box of anger he had packed away while Dream had lain under the checkered quilt in the spare bedroom. Alexander Burgess, Dream says. What he did, it was... He pauses. Hob lays down his utensils. Burgess summoned me. His son did worse. Now they are beyond my reach. What would you have done if they weren't? Hob asks, only because he knows exactly what he would have done. Hob would have had to travel far, far away for what he would have done to the house of Burgess. Dream closes his eyelids, and when he speaks, his voice is the echo of a deep well. Eternal sleep. It is a gift I could give. Nightmares until expiration. Expiration. Hob's forearms break into goose flesh. Remind me not to get on your bedside again, Hob says lightly. Dream opens his eyes at the comment and fixes them on Hob. I promise you I will not do such a thing to you for as long as you live. Thanks, Hob says. And for the record... If Burgess was still living, I'd break into whatever care facility they were keeping him in and kill him for you. At this, Dream smiles. Your loyalty is admirable. I would, Hob says fervently. I believe you, Dream murmurs. Hop stands, his appetite gone with the way the conversation went, and collects their plates. He can feel Dream's gaze follow him as he places the plates next to the sink. Drink? Hop asks over his shoulder. Sure, Dream says. Hop leaves the room to fetch a bottle of wine that was in the closet— and when he returns to the kitchen, Dream is gone. Dream? Hop calls out. Here. Dream's voice drifts in from the living room, and Hop rounds the corner to see him spread out on the couch. The soles of his boots are clean, like they've never even been on the ground. Dream's fingers are sunk into the plush blanket that's draped over the back of the couch and his bird's nest hair is pressed against the pillow and his eyes find Hob as soon as he appears. Hob's never seen him so relaxed. It's strange. Oh, poor yours, Hob says and turns to leave. No need. Dream murmurs, and in one sinuous motion, he's up off the couch and brushing past Hop to reach for the neck of the bottle and the wine glasses, restored from Theo's house, which appear between one blink and the next. Dream pours Hop a half-glass and himself a quarter. Hop accepts the stem of the wine glass with something like trepidation. Dream makes no toast, but he sips, and when the glass is empty, he leaves.